We chat with old friend of the program, Graham Nelson, about tonight's Michigan State versus Notre Dame basketball game. A few other basketball takes that I just wanted to bounce off of him as well. But first, hey, who made all Big Ten amongst the football team and their defense? And then, yes, we have a transfer already in the portal in Jack Stone. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, USA soccer fans. That's right. Yes, you know it's I'm wearing my jersey because, hey, the team that I watch once every four years or sometimes eight years is moving on to the knockout stage. So we are celebrating here, as you can see on YouTube. Or if you're listening on the podcast and you don't want your morning ruined by looking at my face for 30 minutes straight, well, you can continue to listen on the podcast as well. Anyway, you slice it. Thank you so much for listening to us here at Locked on Spartans, your team every single day. Tuesday afternoon, uh, this is here's, here's a sentence that has been said a lot the last uh, few months here. There was good news for Michigan State football here as the Big Ten Conference announced the Defensive and Special Teams All-Conference Awards and the Spartans got a few guys on a few lists and let's just start with the biggest of them all. Maybe the MVP of this team, Bryce Berenger. That's right, all-world punter Bryce Berenger. He gets... Big Ten punter of the year, makes first team all Big Ten in the coaches, and for some reason, only second team all Big Ten in the media poll. So whatever, we'll sort through that later. But uh, hey, also a finalist for the Ray Guy Award. That is the best punter in the nation. It's down to the final three guys. He leads the nation in average yards per punt. Look, you think we were upset last year when Kenneth Walker didn't get the Heisman invite? Uh, Oh, that will seem like child's play if Bryce Berenger doesn't win the Ray Guy Award. I will riot. I I may get violent. I don't know. Here, I'll edit that part out just so nothing can be used against me in court. But yeah, just give the award to Bryce Berenger. Anyway, there were some other players on the team as well. Cal Halliday made the second team. For the coaches and the media, uh, so second team, all Big Ten coaches and media, this comes after he led the Big Ten in tackles. And yes, should the guy who led the conference in tackles make first team? Certainly make an argument against that. But man, I, it's just another year of the Big Ten just being absolutely loaded at the linebacker position. And anyway, you slice it, making the second team still pretty good. Now, for the coaches, there were some honorable mentions as well. Jacob Slade, Simeon Barrow made honorable mention, and then Jaden Reed made honorable mention for returner as well. And then for the media, uh, just like we said, Cal Halliday second team, Bryce Berenger second team, whatever. Uh, they also gave Jacob Slade, Simeon Barrow, and Xavier Henderson honorable mention as well. And then Jaden Reed made third team returner for the media team as well. One little re- just remark on this. Obviously, you know, good to have players on and, and everything. Would you like to have more? Of course, but at the end of the day, you're not going to load up these teams uh, when you're a 5-7 and seven team. One thing I did want to just point out, though, like I'm not even going to look it up to see if it's correct, but this has to be the first time ever a guy that won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week three separate times didn't even make honorable mention. Of course, I'm talking about Jacoby Winman. The defensive end moved to linebacker, but as we all know, moved eventually just off the field because he missed the last four games due to suspension. Now, look, I'm not going to go all moral police and just argue that, oh, he should have made it. It's a crime. Like That's just apparently 
Unfortunately, a part of his punishment too for what happened in the tunnel in Ann Arbor because there's other injured guys too that made the list, like Xavier Henderson, for example, missed a good chunk of time. He got honorable mention. Jacob Slade missed his time, but I digress. That's just one thing that I was kind of wondering how it was going to shake out. Was Jacoby Winman going to make any teams here? The answer uh, is going to be a no. Uh, now, tomorrow or today, if you're listening on Wednesday, they will unveil the offense. So we'll see uh, how many, if any, Michigan State Spartans make any of the list as well. Keep it tuned here, Locked on Spartans. We will update it for you if you miss everything during the day. Now, the other piece of football news here that we have to get to is portal season has already started for Michigan State, and it comes by way of former five-star kicker, Jack Stone. Yes, you might remember him from burying that 51-yard field goal against Penn State. Uh, he's out of here. He's gone. He is off to uh, hopefully better things. I, I hope everything works out for him. No doubt about that. And um, this, is a, this is the conversation that is going to take up a lot more time than normal kicker leaving for the transfer portal conversations do because, look, the... 22-yard missed field goal by Ben Patton that would have sent Michigan State to a bowl game, and the 51-yard field goal by Jack Stone at Penn State, those two kicks could not have had worse timing for the dialogue around the transfer, around the kicking position, because obviously, look, how does it look? It looks terrible, of course. Like, Patton missed... For the second time in three weeks, a kick from 22 yards to win a game. And then in the last week, Jack Stone, who had the start at the beginning of the year, lost to Patton, then got it back, goes, hey, diddle diddle, right down the middle from 51 yards on the road. And if you're like me, you're not even really celebrating that kick. Because in the back of your head, or maybe even in the front of your head, you're thinking, why am I watching this kid bury one from 50 when we're watching the other guy duck hook or push them from 22 yards, why wasn't this guy starting the whole time? But here's the reality of it is that, and I know maybe not a lot of people want to hear it, and it might not even make a lot of sense, but we're, we're not there at the practices, right? We're, we're not there watching these kids kick every single week. And no, Jack Stone didn't just lose his job halfway through the season because he was hurt or something. He was also struggling on the field as well. Ben Patton gets put in. Obviously didn't work, but who knows if it would have worked with Jack Stone. And unfortunately, now we're never going to know how his career would have turned out at Michigan State. Now, I had a, a close friend of mine, shout out Anthony. Uh, he's one of the 16 people that listen to this podcast. He texted me right after. He's like, hey, is Jack Stone transferring, like, is this good for us? And it's a valid question, but honestly, the, the answer, this, this is a position that just needs a hard reset, right? I, th it was a complete train wreck at the kicking position and this was one of our keys to the season going into the year is hey Matt Coughlin was he perfect no was he ever going to win Big Ten kicker of the year well, he made it apparent in his 13 years here that he wasn't going to but still at the end of the day he was an average college kicker and what would you do right now for an average college kicker I would do just about anything right now and that is not what Michigan State has they need to really just kind of maybe just kind of sort of kind of blow the whole thing up. I'm sure Patton will come back next year. Uh, I think he's got two more years of eligibility after this. If I'm not mistaken, maybe it's just one. Regardless, he can come back. But you got to take a look at who is coaching these kids. Uh, are there any other transfers 
plural, transfers, plural, that could come here and want to compete for this kicking position. Because if it was up to me, I'm bringing 16 plus kids onto campus next year to just try to find one person that could just make a a kick from 22 yards reliably. I I don't think that's a lot to ask for. But yes, at the end of the day, it is the five-star kicker, the, the top 15 rated kicker, depending on what site you look at. Leaving after one year, leaving after, well, he just showed you that he had the leg to bury a 51-yard field goal on the road. But uh, I'm going to try to convince myself of this, too. you got to look at the full body work as well. I don't think it was necessarily a coincidence that he wasn't on the field as the kicker for that five, six-week stretch. And also, let's take an anecdote, too, from what happened not too long ago. There was another five-star kicker as well, Jack Olson. Under Armour All-American comes to Michigan State. We're thinking, sweet, once Coglin leaves, changing another guard. We're going to go good kicker to potentially great kicker. Oh, no, Matt Coglin comes back. Jack Olson doesn't like this. Jack Olson transfers to Northwestern, and oh, my God, there goes our automatic kicker out the door. Guys, Jack Olson doesn't even start for Northwestern. He he was a backup kicker at a 1-11 Northwestern team. So this is just a long way of saying that. Kicking's kind of a crapshoot, even in recruiting a kicker. Like, just just the art of college kicking itself, we've learned the hard way this year, is also a crapshoot, but yes, so is recruiting. And you just got to hope that, hey, maybe you can nab a recruit late in the cycle here or get a a transfer, or transfers, plural. But yeah, it's just... The, the whole thing just needs a wallpaper change. You just need to change everything up in that room, in my opinion, because... It wasn't just a kind of bad year for kicking. It was a full-blown disaster. So there we go. We're going to switch sports here. We're going to get to basketball with friend of the program, Graham Nelson. Always love talking with Graham. We get off the rails very early, but then we tidy things up and we talk about the Notre Dame game going on tonight. We talk about some takes that I got from the PK-85 that I wanted to bounce off of him. But first, I need to chat your ears off about some meat. That is right. We are talking about Omaha Steaks. Give the gift of Omaha Steaks this holiday season. We're talking America's original butcher since 1917 and a holiday gift that's guaranteed to be loved. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts, the steak experts, wow, that's a ton twister, at Omaha Steaks have put together a special curated gift package to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make your holiday a splendid one. Go to omahasteaks.com and use code LOCKEDON. That's right, omahasteaks.com. Use code LOCKEDON and you're going to get $30 off your order. That's right, in this time of inflation, sparse uh, supply of food. Omaha Steaks is helping you up with an abundance of meat and saving you money. We're talking their butchers, cut filet mignon, air chilled boneless chicken, ultra juicy burgers, and easy to prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every single unforgettable bite. So what are you waiting for? Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best gift. Visit omahasteaks.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word at checkout, for that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. After zero technical difficulties whatsoever, just because (laughs) that never happens on this show here, we finally have Graham Nelson. Joining us here on the Lockdown Spartans podcast, he is formerly of the Message Board podcast, and 
We've got two washed up dads talking about Michigan State basketball, baby. That is what it's all about. Graham, how on earth are you doing, man? It's been a hot minute. I'm good, man. Um, pretty excited about the uh, the the soccer match today that sure. happened. Sure. Um, uh, I watch soccer once every four years. Um, Likewise, but, but I was I was jacked up. I tell you what, man. I don't know what it is about soccer, but like obviously diehard Michigan State fan over here, you are the same heck. Let's be honest. If you're listening to this program, you are a diehard Spartan fan. For some reason, this sport that I watch once every four years, I, I felt my heart popping out of my chest even more so than it does for a state game. Like, I, do you get the same feeling or am I, do I just need to seek help somewhere? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I felt the same way, but I mean, something about like the world stage, right? right. It's just the biggest you know like you always ask the or you hear the question like hey what what is like one thing you would ever want to win and like my answer to that is always winning like the 100 the 200 meter dash in the olympics because like you are the fastest person on the planet period that's a good one that's a good one i like that a lot and it's like yeah, think about like winning the world cup like you are the best soccer team in the world like no question there's no debate about it no and so no. i don't know it's just cool it's fun man Wow, that took only 20 seconds to get completely off the rails and nothing even related to Michigan State sports. And we are good at that, Graham, whenever uh, we do <laughs> yes, college we together and talk. This is awesome. I said, hey, beforehand, yeah, I got some takes. Want to bounce off you? We got to get into Michigan State, Notre Dame. But who are we kidding? This is going to go off the rails. But, hey, we're going to try something new. We're going to get different here, Graham. We're going to get back on the rails here. All right. All right. All right. Nuts. We're, we're really shaking it up for, for us right here. We got a big one, an early game compared to their other games that they've played recently. This is only yeah. at 9.15 Eastern time <laughs> in South Bend. And we got a Notre Dame team whose record says that, okay, they're pretty good. They're 5-1. and one. However, Graham, uh, they beat something called Radford by three. They beat Youngstown State just by seven points. They beat Lipscomb by a cool one point, And then they lost by a dozen points. Not to a ACC foe or a, really another big school. St. Bonaventure popped them by a dozen here. Let's get a quick vibe check going into this Big Ten ACC matchup uh, between yeah. the Spartans and the Irish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've done more research than I have. I essentially just saw that they scored 51 points against St. Bonaventure and say so like, all you need to know, though. <laughs> yeah, all it needed to tell me, um, which is like, you know, it could be one of those games. St. Bonaventure is a good program, right? I mean, it's not like. Sure. Sure. They're not bums, but like putting up 51 points against that team is screams just like, and I didn't look into the numbers. I didn't know if it was turnover related. I don't know if they just couldn't, you know, couldn't shoot. Like you're, you're going to have those nights, but like, it doesn't look good. No. You know, no. Um, it doesn't look like Notre Dame is going to like, they're, they're never, they were never going to out athlete you, you know, they might have one or two guys who are, you know, are, are, are really good players, really good athletes, but the Notre team, Dame teams that are, that are good always had a really good point guard or Luke Heron Goaty, right? Some like one weird random thing. athlete, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Some like really random dude that they could run things through. And like looking at their numbers, I don't see much there, right? It does. And I haven't watched him play, admittedly, but I don't. Who knows what can happen with Michigan State becoming with all the travel that they had, with the injuries that they've had? Like they can lose yep. to anybody. Um, sure. But I think just from a pure talent standpoint, it, they're better even with the injuries that, that Michigan State has right now. 
that's shocking that you haven't watched a lot of Notre Dame hoops. Notre Dame versus Radford didn't move the needle for you, or Notre Dame versus Lipscomb didn't really drive you to a television to go yeah, check I, them out. I, I, wow. I, I haven't uh, looked looked at the replays yet on YouTube, but maybe, maybe I'll get to that tomorrow. Who knows? You're missing out. It's riveting stuff. No, I so I'll, I'll do all the dirty work so everyone else doesn't have to. Uh, look, this is what Notre Dame is bad at. They are not good at defend, defending the three-point shot. They are dead last in their own conference in the ACC at defending the three-point field goal. And that they maybe bodes well for Michigan State, a team that has some three-point shooters. And also, too, kind of like Michigan State, this is not a deep team whatsoever. There's only six guys on this team that average more than three minutes per game. All five starters average north of 30 minutes, and they have one bench player that's averaging 19 minutes. So this is going to be shallow bench versus shallow bench right here. Um with that said, okay, Notre Dame's not all bad. You win five games. You got to do something good, right? Uh, everyone in the starting lineup is six foot four or taller. Uh, they are led by fifth-year seniors in Nate Lusheski, the Polish rifle, they call him, and then six foot six, Dane Goodwin as well. They also have a five-star freshman at Notre Dame, which, yeah, of course, a, a recruiting juggernaut over there. Freshman guard J.J. Starling averaging 12 points per game. They also have three guys, uh, all three that I just named, actually, in Starling, Goodwin, and Lusheski that shoot the three-point ball over 36%. So there you have it. They don't defend the three-point shot well. They shoot it pretty well. They also got an average age on their starting lineup of, just like us, like 32.4 years of age. (laughs) They're all their experience. They can shoot, and teams shoot pretty good. So I I have a question about that. Like, I didn't know that, that they're – that they played nobody. Right. But yeah, like how in this with the transfer portal, how does that happen? Mm-hmm. How do you not find someone, a shooter from the division two level, a shooter from like a low level who can give you 10 minutes a game in like sure. four shots, five shots a game. I know. I, I don't understand how it happens. I mean, I, I would assume Notre Dame probably has some pretty strict transfer rules in terms of like their academic office, but like, sure. just like Michigan blames everything on that. But, that's a different topic. Um, of course. But I, I just find it really, really bizarre. Anyways. If you're asking for an out loud answer from me, I don't have an answer for you. That Mike Bray uh, maybe just kind of fell asleep at the wheel in the offseason. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll find out. Maybe they will hatch some transfer that we've never even heard of, and they're just saving them for the world's freshest legs on Wednesday night. But that's what <laughs> yeah. we're looking at. The, the only thing that really pops out to me as far as look, look, I'm not calling this a walkover game. Bart Torvik has no. this as like a one point game either way. I'm not talking about Notre Dame as if they're Lake Superior State, for example. But like the one matchup that really gives me a lot of concern is, and I'm going to butcher this guy's name for a third time probably, six foot ten Nate Lusheski, uh, fifth year player, super experienced. He's tall. He can shoot the three point ball well, and you're missing Willie Call. Right. Yep. I mean, he's going to be out for a few more weeks. And I think that is a guy that would ideally guard this player because Mighty Sissoko, while he isn't a complete liability on the perimeter, I just don't think he's going to be guarding this athletic stretch four guy. It can be a challenge for Joey Hauser as well. I mean, look, he's not an athletic freak like Brandon Miller for Alabama by any sense of the imagination, but he is a little bit more athletic than Joey Hauser. So I just, and, and we know too, when, when Joey Hauser has to guard a guy that, outmatches him athletically that it could get rocking the offensive end for him but that's just key to the game number one the Lusheski versus whoever on earth is going to be guarding him battle which might just have to be Hauser because well Hall ain't there um does that does that give you the willies or are you a cool customer I mean put Hogard on him like I'm I'm semi-joking about that but like 
They might have to, though. They might have to. I mean, the guy when he's when he wants to is you know incredible yeah. defensively. He's strong enough to you know keep him out of keep him out of the lane if he want to get by people. If he's going to shoot over him, he's going to shoot over. Like you're going to shoot over Joey Hauser because he's not going to be close enough. A lot of the time, yeah. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to say. No, he's that's terrible, that's, that's the truth. Yeah, he's having a good season. We're, we're not piling on. Everyone yeah, yeah. Knows that having a good season. This is just honest conversation now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I would put Hogard on him and see what happens. Like that that seems to be the solution when it when a player yeah. is going when a player gets it going against Michigan State. You put AJ on him, it seems to help. Mm-hmm. You challenge that dude mm-hmm. defensively. Say, hey, go lock this dude down. He 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 seems to step up and play, play a little bit harder. So that's an option. Um, I think big enough that. and strong enough. If, if they, then if they bring them down low because they have Hogan on them, then you switch it out. Right. Michigan state, yeah. their, their defense um, is very, very good at, at rot- or Historically is very, very good at like rotating when they have some, a, a mismatch in the post and they can switch off pretty quickly. So um, I think to be able to handle, I may be like feeling a little bit too conf- overconfident about this game right now. I didn't realize that it was, um, from the Horvick that it was like supposed to be that close of a game, but I didn't, I didn't know homework, man. Um, I'm just like ill, Ill prepared, but perfectly fine. I'm, I'm, lear- I'm learning stuff tonight and it's, it's actually very, very nice. <laughs> there we go. Look at, no, all, all I needed from you was just your brain between the ears because you're a good basketball mind. And above all things, you're also rational. And this is odd <laughs> because, you know, if, if people have listened to this program for, you know, over a year, last basketball season, first of all, God bless you. Jesus. Uh, second of all, you know that Graham is – I usually just bring him on here to be my therapist because, well, <laughs> Lord knows things the last two seasons haven't gone really well on the basketball court, needless to say. And uh, Graham always kind of pulls me somewhat away from the proverbial ledge here. So we're going to temperature check that here right now because okay. I got some takes written down in front of me. And none of them are bad takes. Some of them are good takes. But, again, you're a rational person, uh, good basketball mind. So take number one right here. Before the season, I said this was A.J. Hogard's team and that this team is going to go as far as he goes, yada, yada, yada. I pulled every cliche out of the book about uh, an experienced point guard in Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Graham, I think this is Tyson Walker's team. Is it not? Has the guard already changed or am I just a little too high on the supply that the PK-85 gave us as Tyson Walker averaged 18.6 points per game in that three-game stretch there? Hit me um, with that temperature check. I mean, I think it's definitely a fair assessment. I think – Tyson Walker is the best player on the team. Although, okay. you know, end to end, Tyson Walker is the best player on the team. I think, yes. I, I think very highly of Joey Hauser. I even like David Klein put out a like, give me your hot takes. And I said, Joey Hauser is going to end up on all, all conference team this year. I, that was like calling my shot right there. Gotcha. Um, but end to end, I think he's the best player on the team. I still think this team goes as AJ goes. Um, okay. And he is the, He's got the attitude. He's got the fireability. Tyson does too. Tyson's showing a little bit more of that. But I mean, he's he, he is the point guard and he's the leader. And yep. the team is going to go as he goes. And it's blatantly obvious in the games that we've already had, especially PK80, when he kind of like, eh, I didn't really want to be here. And then all of a sudden he flipped the switch and turned it on. And he's not the best player in the gym, but like he can go get a bucket when he didn't get a bucket. So um, I don't necessarily disagree with your take. I just think that it's, I would just adjust the, the the verbiage a little bit, maybe. I mean, it's the attorney uh, in, in me speaking, even though I'm not an attorney. But 
well, sure. I, sure. Yeah. If you want to be an attorney for this interview, that's, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, it, it, it might be a little too knee jerky. No doubt about that. But I just, I, I did love the way he left Portland because yeah, the first game, okay. AJ, like where do you really want to be right now? Did you want to go to voodoo donuts? Like just, just go or like, yeah. this yep. second game, like did you, do you just want to go up to Puget sound? Like, cause it clearly looks like you do not want to be on a basketball court right now. It, yeah. I have joked about it. Maybe he just doesn't like games that are played after midnight Eastern time. I don't know. Maybe he's more of a morning person, I, I, but yeah, the second half against Portland, I'm glad that we saw him. He had the edge to him. He was, he was just a cocky son of a, you know what? In yes. second half, and, and I love seeing that. Yep. I would rather, yep. I'd rather have my guy be a little too wound up than not wound up at all. Dude, so totally, to- totally agree with you, man. I mean, that's when he's at his best. And like, yeah, if you, I don't know what it, what he needs to do to get himself there, what Izzo needs to do to get himself there all the time. There's got to be a little measure to it, right? Because at some point, if you are, if you're always that way, you're going to run out of gas, you know, at some sure. point. But yeah. like when the moment needs it, what I'd love to see out of him is when he gets that way, dragging other dudes with him. Like, and I think he does a little bit. He's getting better at it. Yeah. Um, but like when he gets going, I mean, get the other guys going too. Uh, so especially, especially like Malik when he's playing, like get that guy. Get that guy pissed off too. Apologize. I think I swear every time I'm on here. But oh, that no, that that plays on on this show. Yeah, it's just okay. Like dropping, you know, that f bombs is where I gotta start to learn how to edit videos and all that stuff. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> no, because like it, it also is kind of somewhat new ground this year. I feel like the last two years that there wasn't that verbal leader that dragged guys with him, and no disrespect to the older players and everything. And even Aaron Henry was a leader in his own way, but I think it was just more of a. F all y'all I'm putting the team on my back and I'm, right. I'm going to get this done here. And, you know, so it's nice to see Malik come in with a lot of fire this year, pulling guys in. And, yep. Well, just like we talked about for the last five minutes, AJ, when he wants to, you yes. know, so it, it's still a work in progress, but it, I think it's definitely better so far this season than it has been. Agreed. Agreed. It, He's been very good. That, He's been very good this year. He has, especially with all the circumstance going around, you know, around this team with the injuries and lack of depth, yada, yada, yada. So, now, this is something that concerned a lot of people. I didn't sound off in it too much after the PK-85 when we did the recap because I, I wanted to focus on the good vibes, the 2-1 and one record that you got out of there with. Could have been 0-3, though, or 1-2 and yep. two with how they decided to end these games here. So I guess my take is, what the hell, man? Um, that's all I've got for you. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's kind of once against Oregon. Okay, a little fluky, kind of weird. Twice in three days. Uh, I'm a little worried now when this game gets into that 39th minute, if I could borrow a soccer term right there, is that yeah. fair to start being worried about end of game situations? Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely fair, but I think it's also the reason that you play this type of schedule, right? Ah, um, okay. I like that. You, you do this so that you get yourself. Now you don't want this. Portland's going to be a very good team, right? They are a pretty good team, but they're probably an NCAA tournament team. Um, but the other game, you play those games so that you get yourself into those situations so where you have to come back, you have to make a run, you have to stop a run, you have to put yourself in a situation so that later down the road, you can learn from that. Um, they don't seem to be learning from it, but I think as we've heard no. Izzo say a million times, like, well, we haven't practiced. We haven't had enough time to practice. We can't practice, right? Well, you can learn on the fly sometimes. It's a little bit. And that goes back to like AJ, like grabbing, you know, like give me the ball. Go get the ball. There was a couple times in Portland, the guy like sat around and waited for yeah. someone else to get the ball. Go get it. You're the point guard. Yeah. 
get the ball, settle it down, bring it up. No one's taking the ball from him. The only time people take the ball from him is when he when he gets himself out of control. In a one-on-one situation, bring it up the court. He's too strong. His handles are too good. No one's taking it from him. Go get it. Get it up the court. Got a little yeah. fired up about that, man. I, well, how can you not be? You know, look, we just came off a season in another sport where end-of-game management was a complete clown car of a performance almost every Saturday. And I don't – like I don't want to lose more years off the tail end of my life here watching <laughs> basketball, and also like I get the whole practicing fine. I, sure, let's yeah. act like there's some merit to that, and, and maybe there is. There probably is. How much practice do you need though to use one of your three timeouts you have available as AJ Hogarth is dying in the corner of the court in a double team? Like I, does that take a lot of practice? I don't know. No, that was poor coaching. Made a mistake. I digress. I, I hey again, the, the boys are having a good season so far, but it, yes. Happened twice. I feel like that was necessary to bring up right here. I got a complete off the wall one for you right here. Right. If, if, if you thought that we weren't going to be talking about Jason Whitens to end this show here, well, Buster, you're wrong because uh, the take right here is, you know what? Holy cow. Maybe this kid is going to carve out a role for himself even when Willie Call comes back, even when Jaden Akins comes back because his plus minus at the peak 85 Graham, we were in the black there. We, we, we were in the positive. <laughs> Didn't he lead plus Williams. minus against Portland? Wasn't he the, he, the lead? No, that was – uh, It was Oregon he did. I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like plus five. Hogarth was like minus 12 or something crazy like that. It's like uh, Jason Wayne's 30 minutes a game. But no, I, on a real note, like I, I, I kind of laughed when he played first half minutes against Alabama. It's like, okay, well, this, uh, this is the situation we have right now. Oh, no, yeah. this is great. And then it's like you watch after three games, it's like, like uh, Mike Keebler – role maybe like maybe this is something to be ha- i don't know like do you think that he will be a five to seven minute player come february let's call it or is this just a little all right we're just um, right now get in there i think in a, I, I don't know if it's gonna be five to seven seven minutes a game i think in a pinch like they're they won't be afraid to use him at all, right i mean i think what it's going to do and this is going to drive people nuts it's going to let's allow go. Izzo to continue to go down two fouls and you're done for the first half to anybody because he can he can say you know what (laughs) get in there we're gonna be he'll be stable he's not gonna make mistakes he's tougher than hell man like me yeah strong as an ox i think you know he got hurt and then just spent his entire year bench pressing like the guys you know (laughs) (laughs) like strong as an ox he made some awkward buckets but they went in um he defends he's smart he's he's gonna rebound like I think in a, in a pinch you're going to be able to, you're going to see him and you're going to use him and you're not going to be like concerned about it. When we first saw him against Alabama, that lineup was it was like Tyson Walker, yes, him. I, think I saw you out there. You you were Carson, on the court, I think. Uh, I was standing in the corner, right, right next to Pierre Brooks. It was, it was beautiful. Yes, but it was. Well, the best part about that is remember like seeing that um, seeing that lineup out there. I'm like I my first I was like, how the hell are we going to score? And then, like, yeah. two seconds later, Tyson Walker just blew by someone, pulled up for a jump shot, and made it. I was like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> guess, guess we're, that's how we're going to do it. But to answer your question, I mean, I don't know if he's going to get a, a ton of run, but I think that you're going to see him in situations let, that, that I mentioned before where, like, hey, we need you for need you for three or four minutes right here. Go do your job, and he's going to yeah. do just fine. In it. So we'll see. Well, it- and maybe some defensive stop or like weird late game situations, six seconds left in the clock. All right, go mark a guy kind of like, yeah, we had to do against Portland, but yeah. I'd like to see, I'd like to see, I'd like to see him shoot just to see what it looks like. Like I have no sure. expectations of what, of what it's going to be. Right. I mean, you spend a year or it's called like six months away from the gym, not shooting. Like, I don't know how 
well it's sure he is but like i don't know seems like it might be all right he's from the up he can probably shoot I was just going to say, you know, yeah, let's address that too. He's also from the UP and Izzo's got to protect his Upers. I mean, so yeah, of course that gives him a nice little added bonus for yeah. uh, the playing time. Yeah, he can play defense. He's from the UP. My God, this might be Izzo's favorite player of all time, actually. <laughs> you know, they, I, I think there should be a rule for, for guys like him. And I don't know what, like where you would set this metric at, but if you get, if uh-huh. you're on the floor and you guys get like three stops and you have two rebounds, uh, and you and you have two rebound of it, like you, you get to shoot a three. Like you just get to. I like that. I like that a lot. Actually, yeah. <laughs> just set that rule in stone. Like you worked hard. Okay, here's your reward. Let it fly. Yeah. yeah. God, we used <laughs> to have the same situation back at Old IME East, uh, back in my horrible pickup basketball playing. We had one guy that, that couldn't. He couldn't even find the backboard when he shot the ball. But you know, he would rip down 15 boards for us per game. So when he would jack up a shot when it's tied 10-10 and you got to win to stay on the court, you're like ah. Kids worked hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> Good for we'll you. I don't it, we'll let it slide. Anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there we go. Start with some World Cup talk and uh, end with my IM East basketball days from 12 years ago that not a single person could care about. But hey, there <laughs> you have it. Uh, we stayed pretty on task. I think the entire yeah. show. This was I think we did all right. Different. I, I I wasn't you know about to jump out a window. Um, we didn't completely derail the conversation completely. I, I is this is I'm, this growth or are we just we no, we just didn't. We just didn't have a game tonight. I'm I'm really glad you didn't ask me to come on tomorrow night because one, it would have been at you know midnight, and midnight, two, yeah. they may have they may lose, and we would be sitting here staring at each other, and just going like, "What do we do now?" Uh, it would have been unironic World Cup talk. That's what it was. <laughs> You guys that have watched eight combined games in the last 10 years is breaking down every formation that we saw <laughs> over in Cutter. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't mean I don't mean to keep you here and keep this thing going longer, but I've like find myself um, like even talking like I know what soccer is. Like I said, keeper today oh, to my yeah. wife. I also said like he had a bad touch. Yes. Oh, I've God. never said that before in, in my in my <laughs> wife played division one soccer like and, and i've i've watched her you know i watched her play we've been together since college i've watched her play you know hundreds of games yeah. i've never used those words in my life until today i uh, i i gotta have like a bingo card of like what am i saying because yeah i i must use the word what kind of a touch was that as if i can do anything <laughs> with the soccer ball and like cross, cross or clear switch the field i use switch the field and Ooh. i was like who do I think I am? Yeah. Who do I think I can't even play FIFA competently? <laughs> like, what, who, like, what am I masquerading as? I'm the biggest poser in the world right now, but hey, we all are. I'll be damned. We all are. I'm not sweating my you know what off on Saturday when they play the Netherlands, who I know wears orange because, again, huge soccer head over here. So <laughs> um, I can't wait for it. It's going to be awesome. Oh, uh, boy, it's great. Just, God, that's just done on me. I thought I had Saturdays off of. Nope dying but now here we are but graham this was a delightful chat here uh thanks a lot I, we'll, we'll have you back throughout the season if if you don't mind i mean i love to you anytime man the right do you mean that well that's very nice of you oh i mean um, it could be saying. worse right it could be yeah. worse i enjoy it no one I enjoy no one listens anyway no one listens anyway <laughs> no one so it's yeah, especially after the last three minutes of just nonsense. So uh, there you have it. Um, if you're still listening, give us a score prediction for uh, this Saturday's game, USA versus Netherlands, to show us how sick of a person you are for listening this long. We will hit you tomorrow. Of course, we're going to recap the MSU versus Notre Dame game. I almost said USA versus Notre Dame game, but that anyway, <laughs> you know what? Let's, let's just end this thing. Love you all. Go green. <laughs> <laughs>